With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. This is episode 29. And today we ask, how is your asset looking these days? Are you someone who's thinking of selling your house in the next couple of years and have no clue what your home is currently worth? Are you interested in knowing what selling trends are currently going on in the real estate market? Are you wondering how your own asset is comparing to your neighbor's asset? Well, today we talk to Regional Vice President of NRT Pittsburgh, John Perry, about the concept of having an annual asset review with your trusted real estate advisor and why it's important to think about meeting with that trusted advisor on an annual basis, even if you're several years away from selling your largest financial asset. My name is Lou Lombardi. Now, please welcome the real estate ace with all the assets, Jason Wilcox. I definitely have all the assets, but that's that we'll, we'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, how are you doing today, Lou? I'm doing great. And speaking of assets, I heard that uh, you had a little mishap with your microphone this week. I, I did have a little bit of a mishap. Um, I uh, Apparently, when I trip and fall uh, and I yank uh, the microphone with me, unfortunately, uh, I am not a delicate, dainty, 95-pound ballerina. Uh. So, when I, uh, when I yanked my, my microphone, all of a sudden, I found out that my headphones were no longer working. So, at 4 <laughs> o'clock today, I'm out at Best Buy going, um, do you guys have any <laughs> microphones that I can buy right now? And luckily, they had one in stock. It was actually the same one I used, and, uh, and we're good to go. Nothing could stop the show. Oh, I love it. That's what I want to hear. Marching forward. Jason, you, 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 once again, you have shown that you have all the assets, including the correct microphone. So I'm very proud of you, my friend. Thank you. So before we get started, um, I wanted to just tell you about a little bit of a debate I've been having internally, Lou. Can I share you with, uh, with you this debate I've been having? Sure. So today we have a very special guest on our podcast. Uh, we have the regional vice president of NRT Pittsburgh, John Perry. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, he's a, a very well-respected, uh, very important man in the real estate uh, business here in the in the Pittsburgh region. And I debated whether or not I should have um, this this illustrious and esteemed um, guest on our a podcast today. And should I really be titling it? How is your asset looking these days i debated because I, I pride myself on creative titles but i'm also concerned but then i had this uh thought in my head and john i think you'll appreciate the story so several months back when we were at the height of covid uh we were doing all of our weekly meetings online and anybody who knows john knows that he likes to start off all of his meetings with music and so one particular meeting you actually started off with a, a great song uh the sound of silence and uh as we all know the simon and garfunkel uh, hit tune which great song i love it but i quickly chimed in and i said i like this version but i actually like the disturbed version a lot better to which you replied i do too and quickly switched over to playing that version right before our meeting. And I thought to myself, if this is a man who is into and likes Disturbed and other rock and roll music, Lou, I know you can appreciate a man who likes rock and roll music. I think I'm okay with titling this episode, How Is Your Asset Looking These Days? Is that a fair assessment, John? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely, Jason. No, no problems there. And yeah, definitely a definitely a rock guy from way back in the days, college in the nineties. Matter of fact, I saw I saw Dis- Disturbed right when they were first coming out. I, I can oh. still remember the old Civic Arena Family uh, Values tour. Yes, it, it was a it was a good night. It was a it was a good band, man. They they put on a good show. But yeah, the, the Sound of Silence version, I go with theirs every time. Absolutely. And I can actually remember I was working for Airmark when I was in college. And so this would have been right around like 2008, 2009, 2010. I remember when Disturbed, System of a Down, and Avenged Sevenfold all headline X-Fest uh, out at, I think it's First Niagara Pavilion now. I mean, it's gone it through so many It will always be Starlike Amphitheater. It will be all. Absolutely. It will always be Starlike Amphitheater. It's got a new name every year. also at that X-Fest as well, by the way. So, yeah. Well, I was the one, I was the bar back making sure all the beer vendors had beers. So uh, for anybody who was at that concert, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, aside from uh, loving beer, loving rock and roll music and uh, going to X-Fest, your your background in real estate um, is one uh, that that is very great. um, And and you've been doing this quite a long time. Uh, Would you care to just uh, take a few minutes to introduce yourself and let the, uh, the audience know what your background in the real estate business is like? Sure. In total, I've been a little over 15 years in the industry. I also spent about three and a half years doing lending at the beginning of my career as well. So definitely well-versed in that. Spent um, the first about 12 years um, as an agent, and then I jumped into the management side of things. Managed the North Hills office for Coldwell Banker for almost three years. And then just this year was asked to step into the position as regional vice president. So that's the, uh, the long and short of it, uh, you know, for what I did as an agent, as a manager, and now as a vice president. Yes. And uh, in that short term that you've been serving as the vice president of NRT Pittsburgh, I know one of the programs uh, that you've introduced is uh, something that we're titling the annual asset review. And so that's really where this, this title comes from. You know, we're talking about a new program that's being introduced. And so I think the best place to start is, can you tell us exactly what an annual asset review is and what we're trying to accomplish with this program? Well, yeah. And the whole idea that came out of the uh, the concept that Everything else that we really care about in life has somebody that we rely on as a professional to review it on a regular basis, right? So we do checkups with our doctors every single year. We talk to our insurance agent every single year because of our policy renewals coming up and making sure that we have the coverage that we need and making sure we have the things that we we, uh, have in the policy that if there's any changes or updates to it that need to be made. Um, And then like financial advisors, right? Like, you know, my, my financial advisor checks in with me more than once a year, but at least once a year, we're sitting down and reviewing what those assets are. But what really struck me was, you know, for 99% of the people that we know, their home is their largest asset. Most of us don't own anything that's worth more than what we live in, right? Our vehicles aren't worth more than our houses usually. And so for me, I was like, man, we're missing an opportunity to serve our, our clients and our friends and our family that own homes by not helping them understand what's going on. And I think people go into situations blindly when they don't understand fully what's happening in those circumstances. And so therefore I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to develop a program that really helped serve the community of people that we're trying to serve so that they could make more informed decisions. It really comes out of the idea that 
information is power and we have really great information. So if we can share that information with our, with the people that are around us that know us, like us and trust us already, uh, you, you, said a, a phrase that I do love Ryan Gorman my boss says all the time that he considers us trusted advisors right and it's a, it's something that we don't take lightly in this industry and it's something that's incredible and so that's really where where it was born out of Yep. And actually, it's funny because I, it's funny that you mentioned that Ryan Gorman uses the phrase trusted advisor because I know you started using it, which is why I started using it. Because the other the other phrase that, that you use that I absolutely love, and this is something that I think I'm very passionate about on the agent side, as you talked about, we're here to serve our clients. We're here to serve our community. I think one of the biggest misnomers that is still out there in 2020 that I, I know personally I'm trying to dispel is I think people still see real estate agents as, oh, I'm not ready to buy or sell. You can't get a deal out of me. So you have no interest in me. And it's that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. We're, we're here to serve our clients. We're here to serve the community and we're here to be that trusted advisor, whether you're thinking about selling in six months, six years, 10 years down the road, you know, we're here as someone that you can, you can talk to. Absolutely. You know, it's funny background wise. I used to do a thing that used to call man on the street videos in a past career um, before I got into the real estate industry. And, you know, we'd go and like interview people on the street of Pittsburgh, you know, during lunchtime, like, and you just walk up to them, throw a microphone in in front of their face and ask them a question. Right. And I said, you know, how many people, if you, if you walk down the street and, you know, midday Pittsburgh, when COVID's not going on, right. And you got hundreds of people walk around and you said, Hey, who's your PCP, right? Who's, who's your primary care physician? They would answer that question very easily, right? Who's your dentist? Who your who, you know, like even in some cases, like who's your car salesman, right? But yeah. if, like, if I threw a microphone in a hundred people's faces and said, who's your real estate professional, I bet that 90 of them wouldn't have an answer right off the bat. Yeah. And that's a problem. That's a problem for our society. It's a problem for those people who may have a need that's, that, that pops up quickly for them. And I think it's something that, you know, obviously I wanted to, to solve that problem, not only for our agents, but also those people that we are involved with in, in a day-to-day basis. And you hit the nail on the head in the sense that, you know, this the idea of like the snake oil salesman type of, you know, salespeople, I, I don't, I don't really consider real estate a sales industry. I, I consider it a service industry at Agreed. all. Right. You know, so for me, it's how, how do we, how do we serve people? And in this case, in this case with the annual asset review, the reason why I wanted to to do this and, and invent this system around what we do is to really empower people and give them that information that they otherwise don't have. Right. I, I thought of one other thing too, when I was, you know, reading through or thinking about, you know, us sitting down and talking tonight was, you know, how popular home sales and home improvement shows have become over the last few years. And I think the reason is, is is people like everybody has to live somewhere, right? It's something that everybody can relate to. Uh, Everybody's connected to it. We all, (laughs) well, lay our heads down somewhere at night. Uh, At least we hope so, you know, at least the the more fortunate people. And I, you know, I feel for the people that, that struggle in that uh, area of life. But, you know, for the most part, everybody we know is laying their heads on somewhere at home. So because we have that interconnectivity and because those shows are so popular, that tells me that people are hungry for the information about yep. those things, about neighborhoods, about houses, about prices, about, you know, the the process, even though I don't believe some of those shows and networks tell <laughs> the truth at all about what we do. That's a really? whole other podcast. We can talk about that another time, but people on you know, TV. We oh, we will. <laughs> people on you know, TV like, don't tell the truth. Come on. but it's like you know because those things were so popular i'm going like look this is information that we have 
that we can freely give away and empower those people to make great decisions. And sometimes those decisions may be them helping somebody else that they know because we've given them information. We don't have that connection to those people. If we're helping people by giving them this information, then we're doing exactly what it is that we need to do. And I'm a full believer in the more we can help people, it's going to come back to us tenfold. I agree. And the other thing that I'm also seeing too is, you know, kind of right up there with when, you know, people have, you know, kids, they can't stop talking about their kids. They can't stop showing pictures about their kids. I see the same thing when they put in a new bathroom or they put in a new kitchen, they want to show pictures to anybody. You know, I get pictures from past clients at like 1130 at night going, look at the new flooring I put in, look at the new kitchen we put in, look at what bathfitters did to our bathroom. And all of a sudden it's one of those things where I think, like you said, they've got a hunger, you know, they just, spent, you know, $20,000 on a new kitchen. How does this affect the value of my house? I get wanting to know that information if I just drop that much money on, on a new kitchen or some other home improvement project in, in, in my home. As, you know, I used to make it part of my closing right now. Now I would be making the annual asset review part of what my closing is as an agent, yep. right? I'd be telling my clients, hey, expect a call from me in 11 months from now, because in 11 months from now, I'm going to schedule to come out and sit down with you to have that annual asset review. I want to tell you what your house has done in value in the last 12 months. But more importantly, what I would say to them when I was an agent years ago and selling, I would say, hey, Listen, if you do those things you just told me you were thinking about doing when we were looking for these houses, yep. flooring, bathrooms, kitchen, whatever, I don't care what it is. If you're ever going to do that, one, if you're debating about what level of upgrade to make to the house and you're debating about how much to spend, call me. I'll show you the comps of what we think that that might have a value impact on your home. Yep. But more importantly, is after you do it, I'd love to come see it. Like, let me come yep. over. I'd love to experience that with you. I'd love to make that connection and keep that relationship going because, you know, I was really excited. Right. And I'm sure you're the same way, Jason. I Absolutely. know you, we build relationships with these people. I mean, let's be honest, we're involved in a hugely intimate part of their life mm -hmm. of like, you know, are they going to bring the baby home to this house, right? Are they, is this the house they're buying together right when they get married, right? Like, you know, what is it that they're really doing and providing for themselves? And we get to be part of that. That's, you know, that's an incredible, incredible thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and even to extend off of one more thing that you said, you know, I've talked to clients who, you know, have said, oh, yeah, 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 we, we put on a new roof uh, this past year. And I'll go, oh, you know, how was it? They're like, well, we, we think we've, we got taken for a little bit. What you spend? And, you know, they tell me, you know, on a, on a three bedroom house, you know, that's, that's 1200 square feet. They, they spent $19,000 on a new roof. And like my jaw hits the floor and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. I am not a roofer licensed at all, but I can tell you 19,000 is not right. If you're thinking about doing that, call me, let's sit down, you know, review, I can, you know, offer some guidance. I'm not a roofer, you know, I'm not a plumber, I'm not an electrician, dear God, you don't want me fixing your plumbing, but I can at least am in this business enough that I can tell you if I think maybe you're getting taken advantage of, maybe there's other options out there. And as you're reviewing annually, you know, I want, I want to help you in those processes. I really do. Right. And even in, like for us, for example, with the company that we work for, we're, we do have a first full service aspect and we have a concierge. Yeah. And we have pre-screened contractors. We don't get anything from those contractors except for the peace of mind that they're not going to rake our clients over the coals yeah. for a $19,000 roof that should cost them, you know, a third of that. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Like, you know, you, you, you want to, yeah, hypothetically speaking, that's exactly. <laughs> um, 
Oh, but you and you want to protect your people, right? That's where it all comes from, right? We want to make sure they're making good, wise decisions. Because the other part of that too is, if that client that just spent two or three times what they should have on an upgrade calls you in a panic because something just happened with a life change and they've got to sell the house, yep. well, we might not be in a good circumstance to have that conversation, right? Because the value may not be there to justify what they just spent, and they're probably not going to get it back out in a short term. Right. And especially if you're selling within the first five years, and if you didn't have much of a down payment, you know, the equity may not be there. But again, those are the conversations we should be having because you need to know before you get in. I even I even talk to people, I can't tell you how many people don't know that there are closing costs associated with refinancing your house. Again, I'm not a lender, but at the very least, I can tell you, please expect three, $4,000 in closing costs for refinancing your house. And they're floored. They had no idea that there were closing costs associated with refinancing. Lenders roll them in, right, Jason? Like, it's like, roll them in. Okay, you, you roll them in. Yeah, sure, you saved me money on a monthly payment, but right. you just added to the deficit that my equity is taking on, right? Yeah. So if I've now got to turn around and sell this house in a short period of time, you're right. Mm -hmm. And again, like, those are all things that can be talked about if you're in constant contact with your person and having those annual conversations or listen, I call it an annual asset review, but it doesn't have to just be annual. It could be semi-annual. It could be quarterly. It could be like, depending on the situation in life, I've had a lot of conversations over the years where you have that client that doesn't know job-wise what's going to happen, right? right. They, they could get a promotion. They could be asked to go to St. Louis or Chicago or Texas tomorrow, yep. and they don't know. So they're trying to make decisions based on an unknown factor in their lives, and they would call and ask those questions all the time. I used to, I would start my buyer consultations with how long you plan on being in this house, right? Yeah. Like, I need to know, like, what's the expectation? Because if you tell me I'm only going to be here for two years, boy, we better be really, really careful about what we're spending the money on. Or maybe, just maybe, not because I want to take business away from myself, but maybe buying is not the best option for you, right? Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe a Home Partners of America situation is better for you to yeah. get into a single family home, but you're not taking on the ownership risk of the one that when it comes time to move in two years you're really in an upside down situation. Yep, absolutely. So I think the next question we've already pretty much covered in the last five to 10 minutes, but um, is there anything else you can think of, of why you would want to meet with your realtor uh, annually besides some of the things we've already mentioned? Well, you know, again, it's for me, the reason why the homeowners would want to do this first and foremost is so that they can, well, it depends on where they're at in the stage of life, really. So young couples that are probably going to be doing a move up by in a short period of time need to understand where the value of their house is and what kind of equity they have to move yeah. to that next property, right? Somebody that's in the later stages of their life that are going to right size or downsize, I like calling it right sizing, right? They empty yeah, nest yeah. and they, they get down into a house that is really more manageable for them. They're moving into retirement age or they're shortly into retirement. Um, you know, that's a different conversation of why they want to do this because it, there, there could even be estate planning aspects of it. You know, I have, I have actually done this in conjunction with financial advisors. So I would say to my clients, Hey, let's get your financial advisor. Let's get me and we'll come out and we'll talk about this plan or tell me when your financial advisor is coming out because I want to be part of the conversation. I'll only stay for the first half hour and then you guys can do what you need to do with the rest of it. But if you're doing estate planning, if you're doing, you know, future guidance, I, you know, people do sheltering of assets, right? So they're, they may move um, a property into the names of the kids so that it's in the names of the kids more than five years so that Medicaid doesn't have the opportunity to look back and seize that asset if they end up going into a nursing care facility. Well, 
if we don't know what the asset's worth, then it's harder for those financial instruments to work in their favor or those financial professionals to make a real good game plan. And let's be honest, it's hard enough for us to value a home, let alone somebody that's not in the industry. And if they're throwing ballpark numbers around that are could be 10, 15, 30% off, that could be a big impact for somebody. So the real thing for me is to make sure you understand yes. what your asset is really worth. And let, let's be like, I don't care if you're not selling this year. I don't care if you're not selling for the next 10 years. Like you should still understand what that's worth because what happens if you got kids coming up on college, right? A lot of people put home equity lines of credit on their house. Most people don't understand those home equity lines of credit have caps for loan to value ratio. So if you're using really, really easy numbers, right? A hundred thousand dollar house that has an 85% cap on the loan to value ratio or LTV. Yep. If you owe 60,000 on that house, the cap on the amount of money you could take out is $25,000. Well, if you don't know what the house is worth and you're thinking the house is worth $125,000, you may be banking on $40,000 for your kids for college and you've only got asset or access to 25,000. That's a problem, yep. right? And I don't want to. I don't want to put our our clients in a situation where they're causing problems for themselves financially just for the mere fact that they didn't take a half hour a year to really understand what it was that their assets worth. Exactly, exactly. And and, and you know, kind of leading to our next point, why I think this is exactly why it's important to have a go to realtor as your trusted advisor. And I think to caveat off that, you know, I, I've always preached that there are a lot of amazing agents out there. There, there may be some agents out there that don't want to go this route. And and dare I say that okay, that's maybe not an agent that you want as your trusted advisor. Um, you know, you should really be thinking about having that agent in your corner that is willing to sit down and go with you because all the reasons you hit on are exactly correct. There's so much involved in this asset and, and you know, just figuring out the next steps of life that I think this is one of the many reasons why you need to have uh, a, a go-to realtor. Yeah, you know, and here's the deal, right? Like there's lots of us, right? There's lots of real yeah. estate people in the- in Too the- many. Yeah. It, well, that's a, another talk for another day. Right? <laughs> well, I, I lived through, I, I actually came to Coldwell Banker in 2008, right? Oh, so wow. It was on fire. That's when I made the switch, but it, I actually grew my business in the recession. Yeah. So my business was growing during the recession. And I think it was because I approached it in a professional manner. And I think that's a big difference, right? There are, there are agents out there that are real estate professionals and they run a business and then there's real estate agents and they just run around right? They run around, they drop at a, at a moment's notice and they go do whatever it is that they need to do. And they're very finite and they're very tunnel vision focused. They don't see the big picture. They don't help their clients understand the whys behind what they're doing. They're just out to make a buck. And, you know, like, look, I've come across them all in my career. And there are some, you're, you're hundred percent right. There are some incredibly talented professional people, excuse me, that we get to work with. And it's a blessing and a joy to work with those people. But at the same time, there's some people that I go like, yeah, you know what? Like real estate might not be the best choice for you. Like, let's, let's be honest and let's, let's evaluate what's going on here. And let's, let's evaluate what's happening there. Just because somebody has a real estate license doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to, you know, be equipped to help somebody the best possible way that they need to. One of my biggest gripes about this business, and I think you feel the same way I do, is it is just way too easy to get into this business. Uh, I've always felt the licensing laws should be stricter. There should be more um, classes and more testing, and there should be, it should be more structured and more rigid to get in. But again, 
another podcast for another day. And I agree with you. I, I, I've often questioned myself, have you ever thought about retiring out of real estate at 37? <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> maybe real estate's not the business for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, everybody, you know, and, and I'm not saying you have to be a $20 million producer to be in yeah. this business, right? Like you can be a very, very high quality professional that does a million dollars of business a year, but yeah. you may have your circumstances in life may preclude you from being able to put the time in that, you know, it requires to be a 10 or $20 million producer, right? Like that's, Agreed. you know, that it, volume doesn't di- dictate professionalism to me. Um, that is definitely, and they do not equate, right? There are people that do a lot of volume that I don't necessarily think are always the most high quality of professionals. So um, I, I think that's a character issue, not a licensing issue. Exactly. And that actually kind of leads me into my last question. So if we have people out there right now uh, that are listening, that are thinking to themselves, you know what, I wouldn't mind having, you know, a, a, a professional real estate agent come in, talk to me about what my asset is worth and, and kind of talk to me about what is, um, what direction I may want to head. What would be your recommendations about how someone should maybe go about trying to figure out who they should work as their trusted advisor when it comes to the real estate side of, of their asset? You got to ask the right questions, right? So on average, the National Association of Realtors says that every person on the planet knows somewhere between four and seven people that have a real estate license, right? Yeah. But what I find is when most people are, are searching, they'll ask their friend, hey, do you know anybody that's in real estate? Right. And that's that's one way to ask the question. Oh, yeah, I know Jason. He, he He's in real estate. Well, a better question, I think, to ask is, why did you work with Jason to buy your house or to get your house sold? And find out the reasons why they chose that person. The why is so much more important, right? You got to peel back that yep. layer of the onion. Like, okay, one, Jason's in real estate. Two, why the heck did you hire him? And, and why do you think I should hire him? Like, find the compelling reasons. If they can't give you multiple reasons why... I'm not sure that that might be the right choice for you, right? And if you're a real estate professional and listening to this and your clients can't give compelling reasons why you should be the person that they're giving their name out, then you should be reevaluating what it is that you're doing with your clients and how it is that you're coaching them through life and through these circumstances. But imagine a scenario where you had a buyer consultation and really did a needs analysis and helped them and took the time to to find out what they really needed and help them make a decision that was based on long-term goals and not a short-term satisfaction for yourself. And then imagine building that relationship over that time period when you're making great recommendations for high-quality lenders and high-quality title companies, and you've walked them through the process and you help slay all the dragons that exist during a transaction to get that sucker to closing. And then imagine following up with those people, staying in touch with them and doing an annual asset review. And oh, by the way, like one of the other aspects of our annual asset review is the report that we create to do the annual asset review can be automatically sent to our clients on a quarterly basis. So they're constantly updated on information. And then we sit down with them once a year to go over that. Imagine a world where that exists and that's how you're running your business. And I can almost guarantee you that if you're doing that, the people that you're in contact with will be compelled to give a plethora of reasons why you're the professional that they should be sitting down and talking to. And so if you're asking the question to somebody that you know, 
hey, you know, I need to sell my house or I want to buy a house. And they can't give you several compelling reasons why this person was the person you should hire. You should be continuing to ask more of your friends who use somebody else why that is um, or call me. I'll give you the list of, of a bunch of people that depending on what area you're in could be a great partner for you to give you great advice and to help you learn, you know, call Jason, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and I'll, I'll be very honest with you. And I, and, and I know you probably feel the same way. You know, we're talking about, you know, your asset review and real estate as compared to, you know, people, a lot of people already have their CPA, you know, their state attorney, you know, they, they have all their other trusted advisors, at least in our area, some of the best, um, you know, CPAs and real estate attorneys out there and people that I've met, they don't do a lick of advertising. They are as successful as they are because exactly what you said, they take care of their clients and word of mouth gets out that they take care of their clients. And not that I want to bash, you know, advertising on social media and on the TV and all that and things like that, but the best people out there. And I think real estate is the exact same way. The best real estate agents out there take care of their clients. There's no doubt. And there's nothing better on the planet. There's nothing more rewarding for anybody in any service industry, just like all those other ones you just named, than to get a phone call and to say, hey, this is John and, and Jason to be on the other line and saying, hey, like my friend Lou you know, bought a house with you. And Lou said, you were the absolute best to work with. You did an unbelievable job marketing the house. You worked through all these issues. You got them to closing and I need to sell my house. Can you come talk to me about selling it? There is nothing more rewarding in this industry than getting that type of phone call. I, I 100% agree. I've been very privileged on several uh, occasions to receive those phone calls. And you're right. They are the, 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 the greatest uh, reward out there. And I think as you have often said um, to me, it's even more, uh, it means more to me because this is my business. This is what I do. I think you've said that this is what we do to, to put food on our table, to, to clothe our, our families, to make sure we have a roof over our heads. And so I take this business very seriously. And so when I get those phone calls, they, they mean the world to me. So, and I, I like that you stole my line. I like it. I did. I, I 100%. I didn't even borrow it. I 100% stole it. <laughs> Tom Ferry always says, you know, R and D, right? Not research and development, rip it off and deploy it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Feel free. There's no trademarks on anything. So exactly. So before I let you go, I have to ask this question of every guest that ever comes on the podcast in all your real uh, years doing this, you have to have at least one funny story. So uh, please do share now again, as we've talked about before we came on, <laughs> to record we do try to keep this pod podcast pg so do you have at least one story you can share with us and 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 the people listening out there yeah um oh i got i got plenty but let me tell you about the uh, glowing green cows um oh. so um I, I sold a lot of rural properties uh, in my time as an agent so a lot north of the city of pittsburgh lawrence yep. county beaver county butler county um and this one particular time I, I have a buyer we're under agreement on a house uh we go to do the home inspection so we're at the home inspection everything's going great we have a septic system so they're going to do a dye test on the septic system yep and if you've gone through the dye test um before you know, they put different colored tabs and different drain lines to see where everything's going. So then they can test to make sure the system's working properly. Yep. So they put the pink tabs in the sink and then they put the green tabs in the toilet and so on and so forth. And we, you know, we go throughout and they run all the water to test the well and the septic and everything looks great. So we all walk out to the driveway and we're standing there and we're chatting and, you know, like we had looked through the yard, everything was good. We couldn't find any dye anywhere. This was great. We're standing in the driveway 
and the inspector's looking towards me, buyer standing right beside inspector looking towards me, and I'm looking out through the front yard across the road. And as I look across the road, I can see all of these cows <laughs> and all of their legs were like bright lime green. Oh no. Like the dye that went through the toilet lines. And what we discovered was the septic system didn't do exactly what we had hoped it had done, <laughs> which is have a leach field in the yard on our side of the road. The leach field actually went through years and years ago. It was a very old house, and it was dumping into the neighbor's yard, which was a farmer's field where the cows were grazing. And because the dye had gone for a long period of time, and we had walked around thinking everything was perfectly fine, oh, that's the cows had stepped through all the mud and the muck, and the green dye had splashed up all over these white cow's legs. So that's the day that I saw for the very first time glowing green cows in Butler County because of a failed dye test. Where else would you see glowing cows except in Butler County? And those, at, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at a disturbed concert back in 2010, but that's a different conversation for a different that's time. Exactly. That had nothing to do so, with yeah. the septic system and it's a disturbed concert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but before I turn it back over to Lou, John, thank you so much for being on today's uh, episode. I've had a blast uh, talking with you. Uh, do you have any final thoughts um, but before we wrap up today's episode? No, just thanks for having me on. You know, this is a lot of fun. You know, if you're out there and you, you haven't had the privilege of working with a high quality real estate professional, um, don't be afraid to have those conversations. They're not going to, you know, make you sign in blood. They're not going to make you do anything. They're not going to hold your feet to fire. And if they're really high quality in, in the professionalism side of things, they're going to have great conversations with you. They're going to advise you. They're going to make sure you're taken care of. And more importantly, they're going to put your fiduciary uh, rights ahead of even their own. Find somebody that'll do that for you. You'll be in great shape for the rest of your life. I love it. John, thank you again so much. Uh, the, 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 it was our privilege uh, for, for having you on today. Thank you so much for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. All right, everybody. That was uh, John Perry hanging out with uh, us here at the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. And what a great idea. And, and Jason, I think we have mentioned this before on the podcast about having that 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 real estate advisor in your pocket because you just don't know. Just, you know, that you're always talking to them. They know you. You know them. And it's like when the situation comes up, you know, Boom! You're ready to go, and I think it's a I think it's it's a great idea. Why not? You have a you have an accountant, you have a lawyer, you have all these other people. You have a real estate advisor. Makes total sense. Great, uh, great conversation there, guys. If you'd like to get a hold of Jason, because you know he is the real estate ace with all the assets, you definitely want to uh, get a hold of him by calling or texting four one two six five one four six three eight. Or if you're kind of shy you can always email jason at jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com this has been a great conversation here on the really real real estate podcast uh you've been listening to episode number 29 we hope that you guys love it reach out if you have ideas for future episodes you have questions you never know because you your question may end up becoming a future episode you know won't make we, we can even make you famous we could we could keep you we could keep your name out of it if you'd like but we could also make you famous if you'd like so so let us know and just reach out to jason again at 412-651-4638 a really real really 
Real Estate Podcast. Guys, have a great week, and we'll catch you on the next show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.